Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreyas Lada. All right, and welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. We are joined by Shreyas Lada. Glad to have you in again this week, Shreyas, coming off of, uh, I would say, the best performance by KU all year and an opportunity tonight to shake some of those road woes that have plagued them this year. How are you this morning? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good. I want to ask you this question. We were just talking about this a little bit in the last hour as we look at a clear starting five now. Johnny Furphy has taken that. But of the bench players, I think I trust Parker Brown the most for what KU's ultimately going to need off the bench. Am I crazy for that? No, I, I don't think so. I think he plays his role uh, very well. Um, I think he's pretty consistent with it. And you don't really need him to do too much or reinvent the wheel. Uh, he gives Hunter... Uh, some rest when he needs it. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think you're pretty happy with him on the court. Let's talk about the starting five a little bit, Shreyas. We know that, you know, Bill Self is going to lean on these five players, and that's the way that it's going to be moving forward in conference play in the postseason and all of that. Is there concern at all in your mind about what happens if one of these players gets into foul trouble or, you know, if you have to go away from that starting five, because the production drops off pretty significantly for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there's concern there in the sense of, yeah, uh, they don't have a lot of depth and the bench scoring and all that is a, um, a little bit of an issue. Uh, I mean, quite a big issue, but um, I think, you know, Bill said it best is in conference play it's an issue, but as, the games, you know, as we get towards Big 12 tournament time in March, you know, I think the bench scoring issue will be minimalized a little bit in the sense a little bit because, you know, you can play guys more minutes. There's more time uh, at halftime. There's more time in between games. Uh, but I definitely do think it's something to, to keep an eye on in conference play uh, because of the, you know, 
lack of depth and, uh, you know, if an injury occurs or something like that. But, you know, we, we saw a guy like Marco Jackson step up, you know, when Kevin McCullough was out. So, you know, maybe a guy or two can step up if an injury does occur. Uh, we don't know. I wouldn't say definitively no or yes either way. When we look at the metrics for KU, you know, they are still behind both BYU and Houston uh, in the Big 12 as far as Ken Palm and Net. What is it metrically right now that is holding KU, you know, relatively speaking, back a little bit? And what do they need to improve on for those things to like them a little bit more? Uh, probably the fact that they have lost the UCF and West Virginia and Iowa State on the road. You know, I mean, they have, what, one road win uh, in the conference yeah. so far against OSU, which is uh, like a bottom-tier conference team. Uh, they need a win on the road. I think it starts today. You know, they need a win against Kansas State, uh, a reeling team that's lost four straight and is desperate for a win. Um, I think uh, Kansas also just needs to continue to play more consistent defense, uh, like like they played against Houston, uh, more consistent offense. I think there's ways to improve their consistency in both ends. Uh, will make match like them more. But I think the most important thing is they got to win conference games on the road. Let's talk a little bit about the emergence of Johnny Furphy in that fifth spot, Shreus. Six of seven from the field against Houston, three of four from three, 17 points, eight rebounds. I mean, the, the guy has exploded uh, onto the scene in conference play. Uh, and, and I know it's extremely important because we've seen that fifth spot not be um, not be great for Kansas before Johnny came around and, and kind of filled that role. But knowing what he's been able to do, the way that he shoots the ball from three, the way that he's just super aggressive, what does that mean, do you think, for the way that Bill Self wants to play uh, the games and, and the strategy that, that he's got moving forward, knowing that Johnny Furphy is doing a great job? Well, I mean, it's raised the team feeling tremendously. I'm a lot higher in Kansas than I was two weeks ago. I think you know, I feel confident that they can make a little bit of a run, maybe this conference play and maybe get the conference title or, uh, you know, when tournament time comes around that maybe they can win six straight. I think he's really fit seamlessly in the starting lineup. Uh, he's clearly a guy that doesn't need a lot of touches. His usage rate is fourth in the, uh, the starting lineup, but he is the best individual offensive rating out of anybody uh, on the starting lineup. And he's number 30 overall in the entire nation uh, in offensive rating. Um, and I said it last week, he's a guy that is so good with the ball in his hands that I can't wait to watch him play in the NBA because he's an even better NBA player, I think, than he's a college basketball player. He doesn't need the ball a lot to make an impact. He's a winning basketball player. And, you know, I've been a little bit, I think, ahead of the trade on this. But if he keeps up the way he's playing, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a lottery pick uh, come, you know, July. Is it the missing piece, though? Like, I, I think it gives them the best starting five in the country. Is it the missing piece to put them back where we had them at the beginning of the season? Does that raise the ceiling to that level of being the best team in the country? Um, I don't know. I, I think there are, you know, I would say there are teams that I think I feel a little more confident in. Like, I would say, you, or not Houston, sorry, I would say UConn. Uh, is a better team uh, than Kansas at this moment in time. Um, obviously, Kansas beat UConn at home, but I'd like to see Kansas do it on neutral ground or at UConn. 
but I do, I do think that makes them a top five team in the country. You know, I think Johnny Furphy has made this team. Uh, he solved a lot of the issues that this team has. The fifth starter issue was a huge one, uh, as Evan Mia pointed out a couple of weeks ago, that El Marco Jackson was like the 64th best like fifth starter, I think, in the country. I think Johnny's like a top 25 fifth starter in the country, which is pretty big. But also he's getting better uh, day in, day out. He was, he was better defensively last game than he was in, in previous games. He, offense to him comes pretty easily. Um, I mean, I got a text midway through the game uh, from uh, a friend of mine, you know, he does draft evaluations for ESPN and stuff like that. And he just texted me and he was like, he's an NBA player. And I, I, I agree. You know, I think he is so good out there on the court uh, in limited, you know, scope. He doesn't need the ball a lot to do some damage. And it seems like he's getting more and more comfortable day in, day out. And I think he could be the piece uh, for Kansas to try and make a run in the conference uh, and also uh, after that. On the flip side, Shurius, what did you take away from Houston? Uh, it's a team that we know what they do defensively. They've done it all season long. But Kansas kind of found the way around that. Um, you know, fast-paced. They made their shots early. All of those different things to kind of give Houston a gut punch. What did you take away from Kelvin Sampson's crew? Well, I mean, I think they they got to see the advantage of Allen Fieldhouse and the fans and how difficult it is to win, even if you're – uh, a favored, uh, one of the few favored teams ever in the Bill Self era. I mean, it was just the second time ever uh, Kansas was home underdogs under Bill Self, right? Uh, I think they just were not ready. And I mean, to be honest with you, for a team that allowed 70% from the floor shooting, basically, the fact that they only lost by 13 is a miracle in itself. Kansas out rebounded them a ton because they couldn't miss shots. Um, you know, it, it was one of those games that I think it was like a welcome to the big 12 moment. And uh, it's a reminder that until uh, seen otherwise, the conference runs through the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, you know, they're the defending big 12 champions, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people were getting ahead and, and saying they couldn't do it. But I mean, I think this, this conference with Furphy's emergence has become completely wide open, if not leaning towards the Jayhawks, but the big test for Kansas is can they win on the road on the conference? Um, and I think, you know, I'm really curious to see how Kansas looks at Houston in about a month from now because I think that's going to be the big test for both sides. And I know uh, the Cougars will be more ready to play than they were on Saturday because they look completely shell-shocked uh, as, you know, they played Kansas throughout the game. How do you avoid if you're Kansas? I mean, they, they seem equipped to where going into it's what's so weird about the road. I'd never would have pictured this as a team that struggled on the road. When you look at the experience of 80% of that starting lineup all year, this does feel like a pretty good opportunity for them to flush that a little bit tonight. Uh, and, and, you know, be what they, what they should be on the road, right? This isn't, a team that should be struggling on the road with all the minutes four of their five starters have played over their careers. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to go out there and win. I mean, I just don't see them, you know, like if this team is as good as everyone thinks it is, as good as they think they are, and as they've shown they can be, they're going to go out and beat a rival that's lost four straight, no matter how desperate they are. Just pull it bluntly, I don't think Kansas State is a very good basketball team, and Jerome Tang was playing you know, coaching out of his mind earlier in the year, you know, to make up for that uh, lack of talent 
that they had compared to what they had last year. And if you look at the metrics for Kansas State, they're not a good offensive team. They're a pretty good defensive team, uh, but they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with Kansas. So, you know, Kansas should win this game, even if, uh, you know, it's in Manhattan, even if it's a, uh, you know, a rough environment. It's one of those games that Kansas should realize, and I'm sure they know how important it is, not just for the standings, but important to keep the momentum going. Because now you won two straight. You win today, that's three straight. You play Baylor on Saturday, you know, maybe that's four straight. You know, that's at home. You know, and then you have to go on the road a little bit the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I think it's, you know, this team has found something. And, you know, I think the, the Saturday game made them realize how good, you know, when they can be when they're all locked in and playing up to their competition and not down. You know, so we know, obviously, Shreyas, the the atmosphere tonight is going to be crazy inside Bramlage. It always is. But from a game strategy perspective, what are things that you know about Kansas State that the Jayhawks will need to be concerned about? I mean, obviously, you know, they, they've got talent. They've got a good shooter in Tyler Perry when he can shoot. Uh, you know, Camp Carter has done a pretty good job this season. Arthur Kaluma has come up uh, pretty well. So what are some things that you think the Jayhawks should be on the lookout for in this game if they want to avoid the upset? Yeah, I think the big thing is take care of the ball because uh, you don't want to give unnecessary possessions away and give more opportunities for Kansas State to, uh, you know, get some buckets. Uh, on top of that, Tyler Perry, I mean, he's shooting 32% for the year, but 75% of his shots are three-pointers. So Kansas has to know if he has the ball in transition, he's probably going to pull up. So they need to make sure they uh, mark him, uh, keep an eye on him, run him off the three-point line when they can. Because, you know, like 32% isn't amazing, but as we've seen, and as you said, he can shoot, uh, you know, and he's shot well in certain games. and other games, he hasn't been great. But if you can contain him and Kaluma, uh, I think Kansas should rail out there as a victor. But the big thing is, I think, limit turnovers, continue to play through uh, Dickinson, McCuller, Furphy on offense, um, and, you know, like Kansas had 18 turnovers against Houston. Like, it felt like it was either a shot or a turnover. You can't have 18 turnovers, I think, in, in, in another game like this. I think it's important uh, to remember that because Kansas is probably not going to shoot 70% from the floor again. Yeah, they're not. And it's and that's okay. They don't have to. Like, they, that's, yeah. that's not going to be something you can count on throughout the tournament. Um all right, so what what do you you know what are you stylistically looking for? What is a key to uh, the game for KU and then Trius? What would be the key, I guess, for K State on the flip side? What what would happen for K State to to be able to get the win here too? Yeah, for for Kansas, uh, the big thing is don't get too caught up in uh, you know the crowd uh, and you know, the fact that you know like don't fall. Like, don't come in thinking you're going to win just because K-State's lost four straight. I think that's – those two things are super important. I think that stylistically they need to play with urgency. They need to get out to a, a big start. They need to quiet the home crowd. Uh, they need to play, um, you know, through Hunter Dickinson, the big men. You know, like, like they've done really well job of that this year. You know, they need to make sure Kevin and Furphy continue to have good games. Um, and on the flip side, I think K-State needs to contain Hunter, needs to force Kansas into making unnecessary turnovers. You need to get out to a little bit of a lead to 
you know, get your crowd into it even more than they already are. Um, you know, you want everything to put pressure on Kansas. You want to make three-pointers at a good rate because Kansas, outside of Furphy, there's no guy that I would sit there and say he's a shooter that you can consistently count on to make uh, a lot of three-pointers. So if you go out to a, a big lead of your Kansas State and you're making three-pointers at a good clip, that's your best chance, I think, of winning this basketball game. All right, Shreyas Lotta, you can find his work at the KC Star, football and basketball beat writer there. You can follow him on social media. Shreyas, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, there goes Shreyas Lotta. When we return, we will get into the Super Bowl talk on the way out. Let's give away some HTO. I will give you a free iced tea, a free brew house coffee, one of each. To the first caller to the IHOP hotline right now, 869-1240. While you're in there, you can try the new energy shots. Good luck, everybody. Jad will get us an HTO winner. We'll be back with our beginning of Super Bowl week talk next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. Sunflower Showdown tonight. You can hear it right here on 97.5 and 1240 KFH and for free on the Odyssey app. Wildcat Basketball at 8 o'clock on KFH. After Shocker Coaches shows, you get the Terry Nooner show at 6, followed by the Paul Mills show at 7 right here on KFH. You can simply download the Odyssey app, search KFH, and get all of that. Congratulations to Doug for winning our HTO giveaway today, iced tea and brew house coffee. The iced tea at all three locations around the area here, both Wichita locations and in Derby, the brew house just at the East Wichita location and in Derby. Welcome back in, everybody. It is Super Bowl week. Uh, Travis Kelsey was not at the Grammys last night. Um he was getting ready for a Super Bowl, and it's in Vegas, and they've got the sphere lit up, and it would be a hard place to be for a week to be totally separate. And I think they're like away from the strip, right? You got to get it. Like, I, it would be hard. It would be hard to focus there, but we'll see. I think that part is maybe advantage Chiefs um, as you're looking at little bits and pieces of what I still like. Nothing has changed over the weekend for me. I think that. You're look, you know, the Chiefs have got some key injuries to try to work through here. The line is sticking around two points for the 49ers. I'm curious to see where most of the money goes. I think probably for me, it's going to get into a situation of I'm just, I'm not betting against Mahomes. And look, Mahomes has lost a Super Bowl to Tom Brady, right? Brock Purdy's got a lot to prove in this game, he'll have a tremendous opportunity to do that. But as we make our way through, I, I, I cannot shake Mahomes and Kelsey and this defense being in the position that they've, they've been in to get to all year, and, and now here it is. I, I think that's where I'm going to end up leaning here. Well, that's where the intangibles kind of tell you just the history of all of this and the experience that Mahomes and Kelsey have on this stage, and, and you know they've been here before. Yeah, you said it at the beginning of the show, fourth time in five years. Um, from a talent perspective on the offense, if you're just comparing offenses, I think San Francisco has a better offense 
doesn't mean that they're going to play better in the Super Bowl, but I think Christian right. McCaffrey obviously is the, the best all-around skill player in the NFL. We know that. They've got dynamic wide receivers and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. What George Kittle can do, I mean, he's second only to Travis Kelsey. Now, the emergence of Rasheed Rice for Kansas City, that elevates where Kansas City's offense is right now. The fact that it looks like they're going to be getting Jarek McKinnon back, I think that helps for sure also. Yeah. But if you're just comparing like apples to apples from a talent perspective, offensively, I think San Francisco is better, but it doesn't mean they're going to play better on this big stage. No, and defensively, Kansas City's better. Kansas and City so is it's better, like, yeah. Right. E even without a Minahue, I think they're better. Um, and so it's – if the game is close, that's where it, you really lean into the Chiefs, right? If But let's remember the last time Kyle Shanahan faced the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. The Chiefs had – that was a pretty – I remember being at that game in Miami and thinking – it's been really bad timing for the Chiefs to pick one of their worst games to play. And Mahomes didn't play well early in that game either. Now, that was an eternity ago in the NFL, right? Most of these players are not the same. The quarterback for San Francisco is not the same. But some of the defensive players are the same. Some of, not a ton. And so I just, you know, I, I don't know what to make of all of that. This is a tremendous opportunity for San Francisco. We talk about pressure, Right. Kyle Shanahan faces the most. Christian McCaffrey's finally in this spot. George Kittle, you know, had some very famous things to say at the last one. San Francisco's got a lot sitting there for them, too. And remember how impressive they looked after halftime against the Lions. This is a really hard one. Hard enough that probably I'll do something that I never do, Tommy. I have a preseason bet of the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I may hedge that a little bit. Because I do think it's that close. And I, and I don't, you know, I, I, so let me give you an example. Against the Dolphins, I was like, Chiefs for sure. Against the Ravens, Chiefs for sure. I, I, I mean, all over it. Like, no doubt in my mind. This isn't the same thing for me. Like, I don't feel that way this time. It's not Chiefs for sure. It's, it's pretty much just become Mahomes and Kelsey for sure, right? Like that, but it's not one of these things where, I just cannot imagine, cannot imagine, and we've said this and we'll keep saying it, that Christian McCaffrey doesn't touch the ball 25 to 30 times in this game. San Francisco will not make the same mistake Baltimore made. They won't. And the Chiefs defense, as great as it is, and it is great, it is not great against the run. And so if you're San Francisco, you do, you do a couple of things. No matter what, you want the ball first. The Chiefs will probably defer. If you're San Francisco and you win the toss, you take the ball. Because if you can march down and get a touchdown, it changes the dynamic of the game completely. Take the ball first if you're San Francisco. No matter what happens. The Chiefs would defer because they almost always do. If I were the Chiefs, I'd take the ball first. But I don't think they will. I, I So, like, there are so many little things. But if San Francisco can make this game play to the way they can get McCaffrey that many touches, I think the Chiefs are in really big trouble. And so I don't know what that means. I think the Chiefs still have to try to run the ball and, and play not conservatively offensively, but, you know, the, the formula, the plan we've been talking about. All of those things, when you stop and think about it, favor the 49ers, Tommy. I mean, they do. Like, if the, if you 
slow it down and you grind it out and you do all that's exactly what San Francisco wants to do. So is Kansas City but that's also what Baltimore you'd think would have wanted to do and they didn't. So I don't know. I don't I, I'll never understand why Baltimore did that. I think that was more about Baltimore and less about the Chiefs, but I don't think San Francisco's making that same mistake. Yeah, if I'm San Francisco, I'm giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey twenty five times, maybe more. I'm gonna Probably set up more. plays. I'm going to set up plays to run Debo Samuel out of the backfield, some jet sweeps and other things like that, that, you know, he can use his speed on the edge, you know, to get out and around, Uh, you know, those are a couple of different things that I would want to do offensively in the game. And, And it honestly, if I'm the 49ers, I don't care if I'm up 10 or down 10, those are things that I'm going to want to do. You have to do regardless of the way the game is playing out. I mean, the, the last thing that you want to have happen is, you know, Brock Purdy to throw the ball 45 times or whatever. I think that if you, yeah, if if you can, if you can utilize McCaffrey in that way, if you can utilize Debo in that way, and then you can get Purdy himself to scramble for some extra yardage and first downs and that sort of thing. I, I mean, that that's a scenario that I think will work out really well for San Francisco. It's a strange dynamic. And I didn't know Purdy had that in the tank until we saw the lions game. I'm like, Whoa, he's kind of fast. Um, I, my brain is telling me to pick San Francisco in this game. They're healthy, which has been a big thing for them, right? If they weren't healthy, it would be different, but they are. And the other thing about McCaffrey is even if you are down, getting him touches comes in any scenario of a game, right? He's a pass catcher. He's all these things. So I don't think, I don't even think that game script impacts his touch load that much because being down 10 with Christian McCaffrey and being down 10 with Gus Edwards are two very different things. I I just, my brain is telling me that this favors the Niners. It is right. Which is, which is why the Vegas is and everything else. But then you get into like sort of that gut feel on things. And my gut says you, you can't go against Mahomes and Kelsey in that defense the same way. My gut has, has been trying to tell my brain to shut up all year, right? Like, Nope, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine with that kind of a defense. They're going to do anything they need to do. Man, a many Hughes injury is big. It's looming for me. Like there are a lot of things where I, I, I am having a very difficult time. I'm picking the chiefs. I'm going with my gut because my gut has been right on them all year. But my brain is telling me this is a bad matchup and the 49ers would be the pick. It, it's a it's a strange internal dynamic that existed in the regular season. It hasn't existed for me in the postseason. My brain told me to pick the Chiefs in the postseason game so far up until this point. But now it's different. And I can't shake it. So I'm just going to ride my gut on this. I mean, I'm just going to ride my gut the way I have all year. But it, but it's not – it's uneasy. I, I cannot wait for this game. The other thing, too, I think, Tommy, most people are in absolute agreement on this, at least anybody I've ever heard. Like, I think everybody expects an epic game. Like, I, I think everybody expects this to be an incredible, fun, uh, exciting game to watch, chess match kind of a thing. I, I think so, too. I mean, I think that they're in a – both teams are in a position where, you know, while I don't think that we're going to be seeing, like, a really high-scoring game – um, you know, I think that we, we could easily see, gosh, I don't know, a, a 20 to 17 type final or something like that. I mean, I, I don't exactly know. Have you looked at where the over under is right now for the game? I think it was at like 43 the last I saw it. I don't know if that's changed or not. 
Uh, but if it's around there, I'm looking at the under because I think the way that Kansas City has played throughout the season, the under is kind of definitely in play. Um, and, and with the 49ers as well, what they bring defensively and if they want to control the tempo, control the game on the ground. I mean, I think that we're looking at a close game, but I think the under is probably in play. Yeah, it is. I, I would lean on it, but there's so many explosive players on the field. 47 and a half is where it stands right now. I'm definitely I, I, looking at the under. Definitely I think the it's under the right, right line. I, 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 I've, I like the under for sure, but I could also, I, I won't be surprised if two or three explosive plays from some of the most explosive players in football happen, right? And and it just kind of blows your rope. You could, you could be right about the under in that and lose the bet. You know what I mean? Like you get a couple of broken, busted type plays and, and there's like 14 points scored that way. It's going to make that a little more difficult. We'll see. Um, the Chief, It's what's so funny about that is the Chiefs don't really have the explosive element, right? Like it's it's not in their DNA. So I don't know who that would be on their end. Maybe a deep shot to MVS or a, uh, gosh, I don't know. Jarek McKinnon doing some magic after he catches the ball. But, you know, Kelsey and Rishi Rice probably aren't doing that. That's not what they are right now. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be... It's going to be back and forth. I think the hardest thing to imagine is a blowout, which happens sometimes in the Super Bowl. It's hard for me to imagine Mahomes ever being blown out in any game. It's hard for me to imagine San Francisco with all the weapons that they have not being able to hang in there. I don't know what – I, I suppose the path to a blowout are some Brock Purdy turnovers, which is, look, if they pass the ball, if he if it's, Brock, if it's Brock Purdy versus one of the best secondaries in football, that's a little, uh, that's a little daunting. Again, I, I, I said it, and I'm sticking to it. I think McCaffrey will have more touches than Purdy has pass attempts. I, I, I just like if that has got to be the plan for San Francisco, like you have got to just simplify this and make the chiefs stop you running the ball. You have to. And that might take three quarters to really make them do it. You know what I mean? Like it's not a one drive, two drives. It's like a three quarter commitment and their defense is going to have to step up for that to be allowed. But I think their defense is good enough to to you know not let Kansas City light them up by any means. So because Kansas City wants to run the ball too, like let's not let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Like they'd I mean, love to run the ball. That's and, and, that's probably and, that's yeah that's probably why the under is I think in play. I mean I you know it's worked well when they lean on Isaiah Pacheco for good reason. You know as we all know that. Um, so I think that if they can lean on him. Now, if, you, if you're going to get into a battle between Christian McCaffrey and Isaiah Pacheco, McCaffrey's the best back in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not sure so you really want to play that game. They're so different, though, in what they do, right? Like, I don't... They play the same position, but, like, Isaiah Pacheco, you could compare to some of the Ravens guys. McCaffrey's... He's not a unicorn, but he's the best at what... Uh, I don't know, like Jarek McKinnon could be, right? He's he's the best versatile back. But, I mean, Pacheco's sort of a he's, – he's just a bull in a china closet. He's putting his head down. He's going to – he looks for contact. I don't think that's McCaffrey. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think McCaffrey gets utilized no matter what's happening in the game. Pacheco 
could get taken out of the game by San Francisco, I think. I think you could eliminate him from the game plan. You're not eliminating Christian McCaffrey from the game plan. No, I mean, like, that's you can try to limit him and you can try to, you know, if uh, and here, here's what I would say the best case scenario defending McCaffrey would be you can limit him to under four yards of carry, you know, because I, I think that they're going to they're, they're going to give him the ball on first down. They're probably going to give him the ball on second down. But if you can limit him to under four yards of carry and then you're putting San Francisco in third and medium type situations or even the occasional third and long, then at that point, they might not give him the ball quite as much. So if you can if you can keep him to, you know, uh, three yards on first down and they've got a second and seven and then you can get him at, you know, two yards and it's a third and five, then they might say, okay, well, we might give you the ball on first down, but we're not sure we're going to give you the ball on second down or third down that's going to be the best case scenario i think in limiting what he does and limiting his effectiveness inside the red zone chris jones needs to play his best game of the year um christian mccaffrey this year tommy is at an absurd almost five and a half yards per carry right this isn't even factoring in his well you're you're asking the front four defensively to do something you know that hasn't been done this season against mccaffrey that's not what they do. They're one of the worst in football and a yard I, per I carry know. average. Yeah, I know, but so, that's what you're so asking got, them to do. You've got the best on a yards per carry average against one of the worst defenses in that category. I think it's timing as much as everything, right? Like give him his bursts, but don't let him consistently run it for four and a half, five yards a carry, right? Like if it's if you give up three yards and three yards and, and nine yards, fine, and you, and you go with the sequence of a drive to try and limit it you know, which, which plays each one <laughs> gets. And, and, and the Chiefs have done that. That's how they've been one of the best defenses despite being one of the worst run defenses is that's kind of what they do, right? Like they might give up a 12-yard run, but if they can correctly time in a couple of three-yard runs, it allows their secondary to do its thing. And so, you know, in that sense, it is what they've been doing all year long. It's just, I don't, find myself looking at Kyle Shanahan knowing what he's been over his entire career which is one of the best run game coaches in football and thinking he would ever abandon that in this game I I, I, I mean the most carries this imagine. season that McCaffrey has is 22 and that was right. the opening game of the season against Pittsburgh after that he's had a couple of games where he's ran the ball 20 times 21 times but the vast majority of these games have been under 20 carries. So if we're asking the Kansas City defense to do something different and limit his yards per carry, really McCaffrey carrying the ball more than 22 times, that's different than what the 49ers have done this entire season. Yeah, a lot of those games of blowouts, you'd have to go in and look at correlation of which games he touched it fewer times when they were absolutely stomping their opponent. You know what I mean? Um, but he's averaged 21 21 touches a game this year, which is the most he's had since 2020. And and so it's it's also about him as a receiver. And it's also about being in a one-game scenario and knowing what the Chiefs are defensively. Again, I'll be shocked if he has fewer than 25 touches in this game. I'll bet it's closer to 30. And and that the Chiefs, I mean, that's it for you, right? Like, I, I think if you're Kansas City, you can trust your secondary to not let the receivers. Now, Debo after the catch is a different animal, right? 
But like this doesn't feel like a, a Brandon Ayuk game to me. Uh, it doesn't feel like a, a Debo game. Debo could break one off. It's always hard to say he's not going to I think have a Debo good game. out of the backfield is probably out of the, the backfield. Way that yes, that's him. the problem. Yep, that's the problem. And so, you know, you, you Kittle, you, I, I think you can trust your secondary enough to just sort of do their job against Ayuk and Kittle. So then it does become a Debo McCaffrey thing, but let more about Debo right as a dynamic type player than a than a lineup and just, you know, catch passes. I, I just hmm. I think Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't know what I think still. We'll get through this before the end of the week. So much of this is going to depend on the Chiefs injury report. It really is. Like, so much of this, because I don't think San Francisco's dealing with much of anything right now in that front and so we'll watch it you know we start to get injury reports tomorrow i think and then we'll have or maybe even wednesday wednesday thursday friday i think we start getting them wednesday i don't don't remember if the super bowl is different sometimes they do different stuff but we'll we'll have to just sort of see where the chiefs are health wise i want to see him be able to work in jarek mckinnon hopefully he's healthy enough to a point to where he can play in that game yeah, if he's healthy, they'll work him in. I mean, he's too much of a weapon, and that's like what they do, right? They love to use McKinnon in these in these big spots on a couple of plays to try to get him in space. I, I think they absolutely will. And I don't. I mean, you wouldn't activate him, right? Like you wouldn't even bring him out there if he's not fully healthy. If he plays, you've got to imagine they're not going to bring him out at half speed. I don't because at that point he doesn't serve you any purpose. Like you got to be able to use him if he's going to to be active on game day. So that's a good point. I think he will be a factor. I just. It's all about the Chiefs' defense, and they've got one of the best in football. I mean, honestly, like it can be that simple, right? I I think it's less about what they do on offense and more about what they do on defense, and they've been as good as any team in football this year. Maybe the best. 869-1240, Chief fans. uh, We'll have lots to talk about it throughout the week here on Super Bowl Sunday. We'll come back. Last full segment of Sports Daily coming right at you. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you on this Monday of Super Bowl week. Tommy, a story that's, I think, catching some headlines. Uh, former coach of Patrick Mahomes. So Cliff Kingsbury's headed to Washington. I I've, I don't know what's going on. I think I've seen Cliff Kingsbury hired as somebody's offensive coordinator about 14 different times on on like bottom lines and headlines i don't i I, i'm very confused (laughs) by all of this but i think we're official now it's washington and not vegas somewhere else he was rumored to be coming the i I don't even remember them all now but it's washington 
A couple of things that are interesting about that that have stood out are, one, Caleb Williams congratulating him, which I think people are reading a little bit too much into. Um, I think just in general, it's more of this is a good hire and we're taking a quarterback kind of a move more than it's Washington's going to sell the farm to get Caleb Williams. Now, they could do that because I think doesn't Caleb Williams also have ties to that area? I believe he does. Yeah, he he went to Um, high school in D.C. Yeah, so... Like, if you're going to sell the farm to go get, I, I think it's fine to do that if you're Washington and it just speaks to Chicago's position of power here in all of this. Uh, you know, they can just stick with fields and take a king's ransom and do whatever they want to do. But I think the Kingsbury hire is just good in general. And I know Dan Quinn has been catching some heat like he was, they settled on him because they didn't get who they wanted. I will tell you this. I would venture to guess that a Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury uh, tandem will be successful in the NFL. I don't know about like next year because they traded a ton away on the defensive side. I don't know how good they're going to be next year. But in general terms, I think this will be a good – like if you're Washington and you're dealing with the mess, I like this combination of having those two guys there. Well, you've got an extremely solid defensive play caller as the head coach, and you've got a offensive play caller that has done really good things over the course an of his career. An offensive mind, right? Like an offense, just in um, right. an offensive mind that's good. Was Kingsbury a good NFL head coach? No, he was not. Uh, will he get another head coaching opportunity? Maybe if this goes well for him in Washington, he might. Uh, I think that this is a a chance for him to sort of um, improve upon his reputation in the NFL. And I don't again, I don't think it's a bad reputation. I just don't think that he did himself any favors in Arizona because keep in mind, he went there with the thought of working with Kyler Murray and that tandem, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury to be a really, really successful pairing in the NFL. That didn't happen. That didn't work out in the way that he wanted it to. So he can go to a place like Washington and make no mistake about it. He's not going to Washington if they're not taking a quarterback. I mean, he's not going there to, he's not going to Washington to work with Sam Howell. That's not the way that it's going to be. So he goes to Washington, I think with the understanding that they're going to take a quarterback who better to take Caleb Williams, a guy that he's worked with in the past and a guy that is from that area. I mean, it's pretty easy to connect those dots. They, I agree. I just don't know if it's going to be Caleb Williams. It could be Drake May, but it's going to be a quarterback. I, I think for sure that's what. And that's the thing. Like, I, the connection is fun to think about, and I and I kind of hope that it happens just just because. But Cliff Kingsbury is going to be fine, and and you'd want him no matter what young quarterback you had, right? If you if I had to tell you you're going to draft a first year quarterback, who would you like to pair them with? There aren't very many names ahead of Kingsbury on that list, and you know people laugh at his success all the time. Just listen to what his peers say. I, I there's been multiple times. One of them, Andy Reid. When he was asked about like who do you take from and all that, he brought up Kingsbury before Kingsbury was ever even, you know, a hot name of of somebody he went and like you know borrowed from and tinkered with and you know coaches do that kind of stuff. So I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I like it. I think that you know 
maybe they did settle on Dan Quinn to some degree, but man, don't forget where they're coming from and the chaotic nature. Like to go from Ron Rivera to Dan Quinn is about as just like, let's just keep stability and let's not have anything crazy happen. That's about as close. It's funny too that, you know, Ron Rivera can now replace Dan Quinn with Dallas. They're interviewing Mike Zimmer. Jerry Jones is all in is to bring in a bunch of old heads defensively. How do you feel about the, that? I, I saw the Mike Zimmer news and I, I wondered what you thought about I used Mike to be Zimmer a big, as I used to guy. be a big Zimmer guy. I used to be a big Zimmer guy. I thought he should have been the coach, not Jason Garrett. Um, I think he is a good coach. But with the old guys, you just have to wonder if they're, you know, can you keep up with connecting with your players, right? Some can and some cannot. And and so that worries me slightly. I don't know. I don't know how much that would help or hurt. I've, I've seen a lot of things that stylistically it would be a good fit based on the players that Dallas has. I used to be a Zimmer guy, so I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. Um, yeah, it's whatever. No big deal. I, I don't know how much of an impact it's actually going to have, but we'll see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we when they actually hire one. 869-1240, we'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network when we return. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.